You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to the Essential Apple Podcast, your home for news, views, security stories, technology, and all sorts of other related chit-chat that catches our attention. Hello everybody, we're back. It's only me and Nick this week because Jim has gone back to work uh, restoring old trains, that's what he does. Um, And when he leaves work, uh, he has a fairly long journey home and then he likes to cook his tea, so um, he's not available today. But Nick is here, hello Nick. Hello. Hello. Work, work. What's work? What's that? <laughs> I'm afraid at the moment I'm in the same boat. Work. What the hell is that? Um. There we go. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh dear. Well, there we are. It is what it is. Um. I must admit, I am slightly worried about um. You know, our government and their failure to extend uh, furlough. Unlike the French and Germans, yeah. who seem to be sensibly saying they're going to continue to support their, you know, um, their businesses for another year to two. Um. But Boris seems to think we should all just go back to work. So pret a manger, don't go out of business. Or something. <laughs> something <laughs> like that. Or something like that. You know, never mind. Um, enough of that. Um, well, after last week's not a show, because we all got carried away chatting and never actually bothered to do a show, uh, the feedback seemed to be that people quite enjoyed that, Nick. People liked us just uh, rambling on. And uh, I will say we have been chatting for quite some time before we've pressed the start the show button. So, uh, yes, we're uh, I think it's one of our one of our superpowers. Definitely <laughs> rambling on, rambling on. Yeah, so uh, that that might I might stick that on the end of this show, so people and it might reiterate some things we talk about in the show. But there you go. I'll warn you: the after show might be me and Nick talking for nearly as long as the show about some of the same things. <laughs> but there we are. Never mind. Um, not a huge amount of news or stories, really, Nick. Um, as we were saying, um, of course. All, all the you know, all the web is a a froth, a froth with rumours of rumours and speculation is rife about when Apple might release something and what it is they might release and uh, a whole load of other gubbins. Which uh, I was listening to a podcast. Yeah, I saw a, I saw a YouTube um, guy. Um, I can't remember. There's one, several that I follow. Um, yesterday, talking about. Um, how they're going to release everything under the sun in October. Mm, of course. Um, Including which, the mystical Which, let's face it, we've heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I can't remember what show it was. I was listening to one of the podcasts I listened to. And um, somebody said, you know... Oh, it might have been, it might have been the, uh, the Mac show from the British Tech Network. And I think it might have been Doc Rock who said, you know... <sighs> Will you lot all please just stop it? You know, I, I want it to be like Christmas. We all know when Christmas is, is, and we all know it's coming, and we all know Santa's on his way. We don't need you lot to tell us what's in the parcels. Would you just <laughs> shut up and let me enjoy it? I, yeah, I like that idea. So, um, there you go. Uh, 
so yes a lot of speculation about what is coming or might be coming and when and does it have lidar or doesn't it and does it have millimeter wave 5g or not and oh dear really it's it's like oh so and so who is a fabulous uh, you know prognosticator slash leaker says this yeah but then somebody else who's allegedly just as good says something completely different so it's all it's all just bloody guesswork i'm sure most of it there we are um so we're not going to cover much of that um a story i did find interesting though uh which was from the mac observer and uh we did talk about a bit before the show apple is investing in two of the world's largest onshore wind turbines in european renewable energy drive um which i found interesting very interesting yeah i wonder why uh i wonder why they do that well, I mean, they have I mean, I wonder, their, their green renewable pledge, haven't they? That they're going to. No, that's true. That's true. So perhaps it's to help with that. Yeah, that, yeah, that's possible. Oh yes, because they've said they'll be 100% carbon neutral by 2030, haven't they? Yes, they have. So, so, uh, so that yes, it's probably to do with their European version of that. Um, I mean, that's good. It's good. Apparently, the cheapest form of energy these days is uh, onshore wind. Mm. Uh, f- closely followed by offshore wind. Yes. Um, um, so, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're quite costly to actually stick up there, but once they're up there, they'll last a fair amount of time and they'll generate lots of electricity. They do, um, so. as long as you've got, you know, some wind. Um, as, yes. As, you know, as, as I said... Which in the UK we seem to have an abundance of. Uh, well, we've got a lot of coastline, which means quite a lot of wind. So, yeah, yeah. by all means, stick... And... Uh, you have these things um, sometime a year or so ago. I remember somebody coming on the telly going on about how they were ugly and dangerous and, and all the rest of it. And I thought, you know what? I'd rather have a house at the bottom of a wind turbine than live next to a 250 kilovolt power cable, you know? Yes. Ugly I heard some interesting discussions a little while ago about wind turbines and they're how they what damage they do to the environment because there's, there's quite a lot of rumors about them killing a lot of birds and um don't i don't that think fast. it's all i don't think that's i don't true. think it's well yes i also don't think it's all it's all that true <laughs> i think a lot of it uh, i i expect a few get killed but but uh you know especially in a fairly dense wind farm but um Yes, I think it's blown a little bit out of proportion. I'm pretty um, sure that. But what 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 I thought was really interesting was um, the um, like the uh, un- underwater things grow on the bit that bits they put in the water, uh, and it actually cut, it encourages like sort of micro biomes un- uh, at, at the foot of these things, so they're in, they're actually sort of helping the water be quite be healthy. Bit, well, you'd think <laughs> it would be a bit like um, artificial coral reef, really. Yeah, that kind of thing. Or, or that you kind know, of thing. You, those things. So, those um, those programs you see where they dive on old wrecks. You know. Um, yes, that's not, right. Not, and there's not nearly always a lot of uh, plant life and uh, fish the, life around. Yeah, yeah, you know these old sort of sunken, you know, uh, cargo ships or whatever, and they're you know they're covered in sort of the stuff, you know, various types of deep sea or you know underwater plants, and then they. <laughs> octopuses living in there and moray yeah. eels and fish swimming around i mean they become a kind of artificial reef don't they uh, i think they do yeah uh, I, it says here the uh talking about really big numbers it says uh when completed the turbines will be 200 meters tall so that's quite tall but 
and expected to produce 62 gigawatt hours per year. <laughs> 62 gigawatt. That's a lot of electricity. Yes, you know, you know never mind. 1.21 gigawatts. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of energy. Um, I don't know what that, does it give you some kind of um, comparison there? It doesn't. No, no it usually doesn't, those things say like... 62 gigawatts is a lot of, ele- a lot of electricity. It's a lot gigawatt of electricity. Hours. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of energy. Um, well, let's let's put it this way: my car. Uh, I was telling uh, telling Simon in the uh, pre-show that we were. Uh, I did a journey at the weekend. I did a hundred and uh, uh, around about one hundred and seventy-five miles, if you count the little bit I'd got left when I got home, on thirty-eight kilo kilowatt hours. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So imagine how far sixty-two gigawatt hours would. <laughs> I'd probably Power drive around the earth a few times. <laughs> I was going to say, you could probably drive to the moon and back on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Or yeah. the equivalent thereof. That's a lot of power. And, um, yeah, you know, it's, I don't understand on the whole the um, the resistance to, um, you know, wind farms. Um, yes, I find that. I find that difficult. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you live in a very beautiful part of the world... Um, then I can understand not wanting that spoilt at all. But at the same time, if you, if you're going to put it on somewhere that you know people very rarely see, <laughs> or uh, put it in places where I mean, like like you said before, I I wouldn't mind if I could see a, a wind farm. I mean, I I live in a on the edge of on the side of a valley, uh, which is mostly houses, in all honesty, because uh, I live on the edge of a city. Uh, but there are some fields going up, uh, which eventually are going to be developed, I'm sure, into housing um, opposite on the other side of the valley. And I'd be quite happy to see lots and lots of wind turbines along the top of that valley. Yeah. Wouldn't bother me at all. Mm. I, you know, I find often that they're quite um, relaxing to watch, you know, they're quite elegant often. They're not ugly things, that's for sure. Um, as I say, a lot less ugly than 250 kilovolt bloody pylons which must be yes some of the most ugly yeah. things out um, that's true you know a necessary evil i admit but you know they're not they're not particularly pretty looking things are they there we are so anyway that's apple are investing in in uh onshore wind turbines in uh, european energy drive which is nice um yeah talking about energy up uh, talking about energy i was uh listening to Robert Llewellyn on his um, uh, Let's Talk, no, not, that's us, <laughs> um, on his um, Fully Charged uh, podcast. Uh, and he was talking to a guy who is um, invest, investing in collecting nodules off the seabed. I thought it was fascinating to listen to. So basically, these nodules have been deposited over you know, thousands, millions of years. I'm not quite, I didn't uh, listen that carefully, but over a long time. And there are huge amounts of them in certain parts of the ocean. And they're very deep down. They're right at the bottom where nothing lives. Um, so there's no marine life to disturb. And there's, because it's right at the bottom. Uh, and these nodules are actually sort of high concentrations of lithium and copper and magnesium and all the sort of things you need to make batteries. Uh, and they're investing in finding a way of um, of collecting some of them. And he said that even in the area they're working in is, is only a very small percentage of the total of these things. Uh, but it could it could power thousands, hundreds of thousands. Uh, I think he said millions actually of cars. Um, so that's fascinating. That's another another area of um, uh, 
a green exploration. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're not a renewable resource in and in and of themselves, but no, no. That said, you know, I'm sure they're not really. Um, they're certainly a lot greener than digging mines with I children. I was going to say, har- harvesting them is probably doing little, you know, if you were to harvest them uh, correctly, it would probably do little to no harm to the environment. Certainly yes. a hell of a lot less than yeah, strip mining. What he actually said was probably all you then. Yeah, he, he said probably all you'll end up doing is stirring up some sediment, which would then fall back down again. <laughs> and hopefully make so, some uh, more, <laughs> make more nodules well, yeah. several million Maybe years. Maybe so. But he says there's a huge amount down there, and it's just a matter of finding a way of getting them back to the surface and uh, turning them into those batteries yeah, in, in, a, in as clean a way as possible. Where is Jerry Anderson when you need him to design us an enormous <laughs> undersea crawling nodule collecting factory thing? You know, Thunderbird yes. seven and a half or whatever it is. Yeah, to you know. Of course, the only problem with that is no doubt that whilst that huge machine was down there, something would go terribly wrong, and then <laughs> International <laughs> Rescue would need to fly in to save the guys and rescue, working it. rescue the people in the in the nick of time. <laughs> in the nick of time, there we go. Yeah, but I mean, all you know, joking aside, that is in effect. I, I mean, you said you described it as a sort of tractor-like device yeah. that they were talking about using. So that's what they're working on at the moment anyway. You know, and, and it is effectively an underwater crawler which is going to go along and hopefully scoop these things up without doing too much um collateral damage. And uh, yes. You know, these it saves us saves us digging huge holes in the ground as well. Well, that's you know, and the trouble <laughs> the, the, the trouble with digging a huge hole. And there's an awful the other the other thing that's uh, worth remembering is there's an awful lot of sea out there. There is indeed. There's a large amount uh, of ocean. At the beginning of the program, they talked about the fact that, you know, you can fly from, oh, was it, uh, Los Angeles to, to Tokyo or whatever it is, and you never go over land. No. And it's 13 hours yeah. in an aeroplane. <laughs> so. I think we often, because of the way um, maps are usually drawn, I think a lot of people just don't realise just how vast the Pacific Ocean is. Um, no, I, yeah, I agree entirely. I mean, I don't think I do. I mean, just no, the no. fact that I, I fly across the Atlantic um, on occasion to go to my brother's place, um, uh, but it never really strikes me just how far I'm travelling. Do you know what I mean? I know it's thousands of miles, but it never re- it doesn't it doesn't feel real almost when yeah. you're up in that little tube. I, I think up um, at twenty thousand feet. <laughs> yeah, what you what you? I think what you have to do. And it's not something that people do very much. But if you if you search um, online or whatever, or get a, a a big traditional atlas, like when I was a child, we used to have a Reader's Digest atlas of the world. Um, yes, and I can remember those. Yes, and you go if you go to you know the Pacific section, there will be a, a huge map, basically uh, showing you just the Pacific region. And or if you look at the globe, you you realise that actually the the Pacific Ocean kind of fills up almost half of the globe. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite half the globe, but there is this huge mass of water in the Pacific. And so which... the the other the, the last thing about this these nodules is that the place where they are, the nearest land is two thousand miles away. Mm. That's so it's well offshore, <laughs> which which makes harvesting them a challenge. Yes, that's, that's <laughs> but it also means that you're not likely to be 
disturbing the locals. <laughs> can't, you can't just can't just roll down the beach, you know, and drive a little way out, <laughs> pick a few up. That's right. You might have to go a bit of a way for the pub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear. But no, that's very interesting. And because the other thing is, like as you say, I mean, mining for these sort of um, metals and um, materials. You know, not only is it that you have to, you know, dig enormous holes or strip mine huge areas, it's that the it's not just that, it's the, the byproduct of doing that, of the way of processing, yeah. you know, because when you're digging yeah, it out the, of all the environment and those living near yeah, where I mean, it's happening. You know, often um, they have to use noxious chemicals and whatnot. And I, I don't, what a lot of people don't realize, I think, quite often, unless you, you know, are interested in such things, is that for a lot of metal ores, um, the concentrations are not very high. Um, I think for aluminium, if yeah. I remember my schooling, I think uh, something like two to three percent aluminium in bauxite ore is considered yeah. a high yield. Um, That's right. Tin, uh, tin ore is about one to one and a half percent actual tin. Um, so seventy you know, to eighty percent, I reckon, of these nodules. Seventy to eighty percent is usable. Yeah, so which is, is significantly <laughs> higher. That is, that is, um, yeah, you know that, and that the ways of extracting that is probably going to be a lot nicer than yeah. pulverizing huge quantities of rock and then doing pulverizing nasty... and then and then probably using acids and things to actually yeah break you have down to do the last of, bits. Um, yes, you know. Uh, Unpleasant things. Other unpleasant things. Um, there we are. So, oh, well, that's that, that was interesting. I, I like that story. Yes, I mean, it, let's hope it comes to something and that uh, yes. you know it, it takes them. And, and and of course, the last thing is that quite often um, where we get lithium from and whatever are in parts of the world that aren't exactly the most stable places politically, no. and uh, you know that, who they're governed by. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, we shall see. We shall see. <laughs> that, you know, yeah. Um, so I don't. We don't actually have a link to that in the thing, but I'll, I'll, we'll put that in. Is it? Did you say that was some Robert Llewellyn's? Uh, yes, it's it's fully charged podcast. So if you if you've got a podcast catcher, if you just point it at the fully charged podcast, it's in there somewhere. Um, one of the um bigger Apple stories of this week is um slightly disappointing in some ways but apparently apple have delayed the predicted ios 14 data transparency uh, text bot i'm referring it to has the adpocalypse oh dear oh dear um until <laughs> early 2021 um which of course at, at wwdc um, Apple said that iOS 14 would contain automatic uh, anti-tracking technology. Yes. Um, and Facebook uh, started crying that they would bankrupt them because, you know, uh, everybody with an iPhone would no longer be subject to being tracked by every piece of junk that everybody out there wanted to tag you with. Um, I mean, I'm on the iOS 14 beta and it has a, it has a little shield icon. Um, and and so does Big Sur actually has a little shield icon in in um, Safari, which does the same similar thing as Ghostery and uh, other such oh, tools right, okay. that you can get, or you know, um, and give you information you, about the. Yeah. It will tell you there are seven trackers on this site, and they've all been blocked. Um, apparently, Apple have said they will not enforce. Um, I, I think it applies partly to. Um, 
apps rather than your browsing. The apps that you download will have to be yeah. much more transparent about what data they collect on you. Um, and you will have to opt in um, to, you know, if you want to let Facebook or your, you know, your third party camera app or map app or whatever it is, collect data about you. Um, but Apple have said that they will not enforce this um, data transparency um, immediately iOS 14 comes out, they're going to give developers um, sort of five or six months to uh, oh, that's fair enough, isn't it? get ready. Um, and although it's slightly disappointing, I, I can understand that because not every app is going to be able to just go, oh, right, okay. Um, you know, some are probably going to have to decide what data they do want to continue to collect. If, a, you know... Um, I'm pretty sure not everybody can just stick a label on it that says opt in, opt out. And, you know, I'm sure it's not quite as simple as that. But um, no. so um, TechSpot, as I say, have described it as uh, predicted iOS 14 adpocalypse uh, until 2021. Um, and Tech Republic says Apple will release iOS 14 without the privacy feature. What iPhone users and developers need to know. Um, so there are two articles there. In the show notes, if you want to read them, um, basically Apple will not enforce their data transparency immediately on the launch of iOS 14, which I it's slightly disappointing, but at the same time understandable. And let's face it, but, uh, many I mean, people really... have been giving all that data away unknowingly until now. Yeah, so... but tech, com tech companies... This is some. I think we were talking about this last week, weren't we? That where where often companies will announce what they're going to do, and then everyone sits back and thinks, "Oh, they're going to do that. Oh, we'll do something about it eventually." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then when it does happen, it's oh no. I mean, uh, this phrase in here obviously shows that whoever's writing this article has got no truck with the uh, advertisers <laughs> because he says likely due to this advertiser blowback and the belly aching run from Facebook last week, Apple is displaying its data transparency policies. <laughs> yes. So he, he's obviously not very impressed by the fact that it's been delayed. Uh, but no, um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think, I think it's fair enough that they're, that they're uh, giving them a, a little bit longer to, to get in line. Yes. I mean, part of it, you know, at one time you could write an app very easily. But it, it is getting more and more complicated, isn't it? It's, it's getting more and more the domain of people who do it for business. And it's actually, you know, you've got to take a lot more things into account, particularly if you're going to use personal data of any sort. Mm -hmm. um, so so there we go. But, it's yeah, it's good they're doing it. It may be a little disappointing that they're delaying it. But I don't think there's anything wrong with giving people a little bit longer. They'll, they'll probably still bellyache when they get to... Uh, yeah, whenever Next year. Apple, Apple turn it on <laughs> and say that's it. But I, I guess I can see from Apple, especially with the kind of um, issues they're having with the App Store and, you know, various people yes. kicking off, probably would not be overly wise to just drop this and go, oh, all you people who aren't compliant with this, you're blocked. That would probably not be a good look. So, um, yes, the Tim would have to be, be sitting in front of those senators yet again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I guess, you know, let's say, I mean, they're, they're not specific about how long. Sometime in, you know, probably the first half of 2021, I would say, if, um, I would say if Apple give 
six months and say you've got six months and then anybody who's not complied by the end of that and then they start belly aching that Apple, you know, removed them from the store or or blocking yes, them or whatever. That seems reasonable. Be, well, you had six months, you know, what what are you doing? Which is, if it takes you more than six months to fix it, what were you doing that was so nefarious that you couldn't fix it in a <laughs> reasonable amount yes, of good, time? Good point, yes. What are you trying you to really cover not up? Write a f- can you really not write on the front page what it is that you're going to be tracking? I mean, come on, that's all they're asking for. <laughs> well, it is, you know. Um, like I say, one of the one of the great features in um, iOS 14, which is sort of um, almost hidden, is that if you go into location tracking um, in the settings, you can now... Yeah. You know how uh, if something wants your location, it will say, uh, allow once, allow only when the app is open... Um, yeah. Don't allow at all, or allow always, or something. There's a, a, a selection of options that you can choose. Um, yeah. And for most people, you know, on the whole, the, the the best choice is only allow while the app is open and active. Um, but they've now added a, a feature called precise location, which oh right means. Um, you can go on an app-by-app basis, you can go through in the settings and each one, it says allow precise location, yes or no, which means, for example, for a weather app, you can have um, not not a precise location. Okay. Yes, so, but that locality. Will, it will give, um, I believe, it gives um, a location to the app, which is... Uh, kind of randomly generated within uh, uh, like a kilometre of where you actually are, which is perfectly adequate for weather purposes, you know. Yeah. Um, whether I'm, you know, whether I'm where if, I live or a kilometre away, the weather is not likely to be very different. Yeah. Whereas if you want to share your location with your friends, because, because you want to meet with them, Yes, then you <laughs> then allow you it to be accurate. You, yes, so for example, I went through them all, and it was like Apple Maps. You know, use proce- precise location. Yes, please, because if I want directions from where I'm standing to wherever I want to get to, I want it to be <laughs> accurate. Yes, it's but, no, it's no use directing me from a kilometre away. <laughs> no, but it allows you. No. Um, it, it, yeah, but you can go through, and you'd be surprised how many apps actually want to make use of your location for one purpose or another. Yes, yes, I know. When, when I've looked in the past, I've thought, I mean, I don't do anything about it, but um, but I have noticed that all sorts of things have my de- destination. You think, well, you don't really need that, but yeah. I mean, the, the, probably there are still a lot of people like me who will just carry on and not worry about it. But but if you if you you know if you are concerned. Then, if you've got the transparency to be able to do it, and you know that they're doing it, well, then that's fair enough. Yeah. So, see, if I go on my phone now, if I go to uh, settings, privacy, location services, um, and then it will show. Um, so, for example, um, App Store, right? Allow location uh, access. I've got, you know, never because I don't think that App Store needs to know where I am. Thank you very much. Um, Apple Watch Workout, um, you know, allow while using this app, and then it has precise location, yes or no. Um, when on, allow apps to use your specific location. With this turned off, apps can only determine your approximate 
location, which I, I believe I read, as I say, was is somewhere within a kilometre of where you are, randomly assigned. Um, yeah. So, for example, camera. Um, now, uh, it's not something that I use a lot, but I've put, turned on precise location because if you're interested in you know where you took a picture, you probably want to know where it is, not roughly where it is. Um, but lots of, I, I mean, I don't allow um, <laughs> location information on an awful lot of apps. I'm like, really? Why does IMDB need to know where I am? <laughs> and I don't think, unless it's going to tell me the nearest cinema showing the film you're looking at is so-and-so. But um, there we are. But now you have this option to only share a sort of roughly where you are, which is, I think, a really excellent addition. And... Um, I think that's that hasn't been mentioned very much in in the sort of you know there's a lot of stuff about the anti-tracking and um, various other things that Apple is doing, but that's it only seems like a small thing, but it's actually surprising how many things want to know exactly where you are. Um, yes, and if you want to if you want to allow them some access to your location, but not give away precisely where you are, that seems like a really um, a good so middle think... ground. Do we, I mean, is, I suppose it's possible, I'm just thinking this through now, uh, I suppose it's possible that some application writers are just a bit lazy and they use the wrong API um, for your location or they just don't bother. Uh, presumably, they'd have to specify that they want to use that API. Yes, they would have to, wouldn't they? Because they'd have to declare it. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Perhaps, perhaps with that transparency with that kind of granularity, as it were, um, we'll see people looking at it a bit more carefully. You know, I, I can imagine that if you're a coder, I think a, a, an individual coder, that you might add it, add it in because you've got an idea for, for a, um, a feature in your software. And then you decide you don't need the feature, but you leave the code in that actually makes the iPhone pop up the message. I mean, I don't... Do you, know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, as I say, Apple already had the option of kind of never allow access to location information only while using it, which is a fairly common, sensible setting, or always allow, yes. which is a bit like, why would I want any apps to be actually tracking everywhere I go unless it's, you know, unless it's meant unless, to be... Unless you're asking it to track you. Yeah. Yes, unless... It, you <laughs> which know, you might, yeah. Well, yeah, obviously, if you're using... Um, I don't know uh, what's the running Strava or something like that. Obviously, you, you yes, you know, you Runkeeper want... is the one I use. Yeah, yeah, Runkeeper or Strava or I don't know if you. Um, there's ones for cyclists as well, isn't there? That will when you get back home, we'll draw on the map exactly where you went and how far you. Yes, went. but I think even Runkeeper I've got set to um, only while I'm using the app. Yeah, well, because you only want it while you're doing a run or a cycle. Why do you want? I don't want it to tell me where I am when I'm not using it. It seems a bit strange, doesn't it? So, (laughs) but this kind of vague, um, you know, give give, you know a vague location strikes me as a yeah, that's a good idea. It's a good idea because it it it's it means that that there are you know if it I mean I don't allow um, things that say. Um, we'd like to know your location so we can possibly deliver you targeted ads, which might be things yeah. like, I don't know, you know, there's a McDonald's 400 yards down the road, you know, are you feeling hungry, that sort of thing. Um, I wouldn't do that. But with a vague location, there might be things 
I don't, yeah, like IMDb. Not that I would give it to it, but if you're keen on that, and might say the film you're looking at is available in a cinema near you. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or I mean, say for instance, you're using a, a, a you're touring somewhere, and and you'd like to know um, what kind of um, events are going on in the locality. Um, they wouldn't necessarily need to tell you where those events are. They could just point you to their websites or whatever. Uh, uh, but it would need to know what local area you're in to be able to do that. Mm. So, Precisely. yeah, I can see that how that's... Be, you know, within a kilometre, it's going to be good enough because if it's... Yes, if you're on holiday, for example, and it might say, well, did yes. you know the, I don't know, the museum yeah. of... I'm in Devon and there's a the, the, the market day... Out for yes. uh, you know, you know this, I don't. this you... town that's within a kilometre of you, um, you know, or within a few kilometres, you know. Yeah, yeah. it would. So, you, uh, yes, I don't know. You know, would be a but Barn- Barnstable <laughs> Barnstable Farmers Market is you know within ten kilometres of you, and um, it will be on from yeah. you know nine till three or whatever. Doesn't need to know precisely where you are to do that. So no, that, that's right. That's, um, there we are. Yes, that's a clever addition. And um, it's not been mentioned very much. I have mentioned it once before on here, I think, but when I found out about it. But um, it's it's something to look forward to uh, when iOS 14 comes out. If you're, you know, you have apps, you would like to know roughly where you are, but not precisely where you are. Um, Apple iPhone 11 is the world's most shipped smartphone in the first half of 2020, um, according to Pocket Now. Um, which we looked at, didn't we, Nick? Um, yeah, it's not very surprising when you think about it. I mean, they're all going to be shipped at the moment because <laughs> we weren't going into Apple stores, were we? No, but um, I, I, but I think I think shipped means you know uh, in the in the terms of such anal- analysis means out of the fact sold sold yeah. effectively, particularly because Apple maintains almost no uh, what they call it in pipeline inventory. inventory. Um, yeah. So basically, stuff that's, that's very impressive, isn't is it? Sold. Uh, we, we were looking earlier, weren't we? And it's thirty-seven point seven million units. Mm. That's a lot. Lot of phones. That's a lot of phones. And uh, as we also did uh, check, that is the iPhone eleven, not the Max or the Pro. Those are um, yes, they they shipped a number of millions each on top <laughs> as of, well as on well. Top. Yeah. Um, and I think in that chart, is there not a breakdown of other? Some other, you know, um, popular phones. I think there were. I think I've just got it open in front of me. Hold on a minute. I'm just opening it now. Uh, iPhone 11. Yes, here we go. iPhone 11 shipped 37.7 million units. The Galaxy A51, um, 11.4 million units. So that's uh, its closest competitor. Yes. The Xiaomi. It's a, th- a third. Uh, less than a third. Yes. A Xiaomi. Yeah. Uh, Redmi Note 8, I've never heard of. 11 million oh, units. Be, these will be Chinese ones, That'll won't probably they? probably be Chinese. Uh, iPhone SE 2020 edition, 8.7 million units. iPhone XR, 8 million units. 11 Pro Max, surprisingly, only 7.7 million units. Um, I wonder whether that's too big for some a lot of people. That's mm. why it's not quite as big but a figure. But then, surprisingly, the, the iPhone 11 Pro uh, is down at 6.6 million units. Mm. Mm. Um, I guess people who want to go for the Pro tend to go for the Max. Um, it's, it looks that way. Although, it's, I mean, the figures are fairly close. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's half and half between those two. Yeah, only 6.7 million and 7.7 million. But there you go. The iPhone 11 standard model... Uh, 
yeah, outguns everybody else by a street and a half. And uh, I'm, I'm not really surprised. I mean, I've got the 11, and I, I think it's a wonderful phone, and it's a good compromise, and it's not so expensive as, as the, the big phones. Um, so, yeah, and it does most of what they do as well. I mean, I remember when they brought it out with the uh, the the Pro and the Pro Max and whatever, that um, they're fairly close to one another feature-wise, really. Um, so I'm yes. not surprised that they've sold that many. No. Good I mean, phone. I have the 10R and will have the 10R for probably at least another year, um, which I chose as not only the cheaper uh, unit, at the time, but also because it was the in-between size, it was. Yeah, um, we were talking earlier, weren't we, about how good modern smartphones are and just how versatile they are. Um, at the weekend, we did a, um, you know, I've mentioned before um, that we're doing services, uh, streaming services onto YouTube, and uh, this weekend, for the first time, um, a few people were back inside one of our churches. And so I was at home doing the streaming to YouTube bit and they were connected to me on an iPhone XR uh, with a lavalier mic plugged into it. Uh, and the sound and picture quality coming across Skype was actually remarkably yeah, it, good. It's remarkable, isn't it? Um, I think uh, just for comparison, uh, the other day, I think it was Benedict Evans on um on twitter said i forget the exact date something like 1979 or something i forget the precise date but you know um a three-minute transatlantic call cost twelve dollars which he said adjusted to today's prices is basically a hundred dollars yes <laughs> so a three-minute call amazing, isn't it? you know cost you a hundred dollars and yet now we can talk to anybody pretty much anywhere in the world well yes i mean they could have been they could have been not in a church uh you know three or four miles from me they could have been in a church on the other side of the world yeah, they could have been in australia it would have been or, just the same well exactly yeah. same as you know when we do podcasts obviously you know we can have people on from california australia new zealand wherever uh you know way harms in um malaysia i think um you know it's amazing you know, it is had... it is we, we now live in a world that is so connected it's just i and... mean and let's face it during this time during lockdown and um it's been a lifeline for so many people of mm. being able to keep in touch and being able to see one another's faces when we haven't seen each other for a long time it's um yeah remarkable era that we live in yeah you know um uh, you know you can have high quality video calls across the globe and to all intents and purposes for nothing for free yes i mean obviously you've got to buy the equipment but once you've yes. got the equipment it's for free yeah and, and you know you're, you're paying yeah it is remarkable you're paying a bit for your bandwidth but you know, not a yes. hundred dollars you're not paying a hundred dollars for a three minute call um no certainly not that would have to be a very quick service indeed <laughs> <laughs> we're now going to sing the first hymn it'll last <laughs> 10 seconds yeah. we're going to sing the, the first four lines of the hymn <laughs> that's right then you'll have to stop because we haven't that's got it. enough bandwidth yes <laughs> No, no, I've just wasted. I've just wasted a minute of our bandwidth explaining. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, and well, welcome to tonight's service. We'll sing the first four lines of uh, you know, all things bright and beautiful. Um, yes. Yeah, thank may, you for thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining <laughs> good, us. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> yeah, may, may God go with you. 
you know. I mean, end of service. <laughs> end of service. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. So there we are. Um, talking about privacy and and such like, Apple um have a new ad, don't they? Um, Fast Company have described it here as their new privacy ad has a ton of Easter eggs, and this is what they reference. Um, have you seen the ad? I, uh, yes, I think I have. It's the one where... I wouldn't have noticed all these things, you see. No. Well, it, it, it basically tells you what they're kind of... Nearly every section of the ad uh, refers to one or other parts of Apple's privacy on the iPhone. So um, there's a person, I think, who says, I've, um, I've, you know, I've spent all morning phoning divorce lawyers and... Um, Oh, that's right, yes. You know, so it's like, yeah, your phone calls are private, you know, your messages are private. Uh, various various things like that, in, in other words. You know. uh, so if you want to read that, it points out what each of the little segments uh, is in reference to. Um, and if you haven't seen the ad, um, apparently it's going to appear are on these, TV. Um, are these Easter eggs? I'm not sure. I, yeah, I wouldn't eggs. really say they're Easter eggs. I Yes, yeah, so I did think no. about that, and they're not really Easter yeah, eggs. Yeah, I'm so just... I'd, just re- through it here and i'm thinking well these aren't really the whole no. easter eggs are supposed to be referring to something else well i when they said it contains a ton of easter eggs i i thought that maybe you know they're going to say oh look you know the person in a you know the person next to them is using a i don't know you know they're using a samsung phone and and, and then yes and that person that person's got an apple newton that would be an easter egg yeah you know <laughs> oh yeah look, yeah yeah, the person in the row behind is wearing Beats headphones, those sort of things. That's um, right, yeah. yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's what I think of as Easter eggs or, you know, little things you can find. That, but um, anyway, they, yes, they point out what each of the... They're just explaining are, what they all mean, really. What they're yeah. all referring to, yeah. So I, I agree with you. I wouldn't actually describe them as uh, Easter eggs personally. But it's a good ad, um, and it's... It is a good ad. It, yeah. It's, you know, it's amusing, and yet it, it makes its point. You know, there are some things that you probably well, don't want what's to share. About it, what's most amusing about it is that, that that we do it, some people do it unconsciously, don't they? Mm. They sort of give out information quite readily without really thinking about the implications. I mean, that's part of the reason so many people get scammed, sadly. Yes. It's because they don't really think about the information that they're giving away. Oh, I had a phone call. Who did I have a phone call from? Oh, PayPal. I had a phone call from PayPal. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was a scam um, because when I actually contacted, so they said, "Could I have your could I have your email address?" I said, "No, no, you can." And they said, "Well, ring us because we need to speak to you," which made me think it was PayPal. But when I rang PayPal, they said, "Well, we don't ring people at the moment because of the coronavirus yeah. stuff, and you know <laughs> we haven't got the people to do that." So maybe it was a scam. I don't know, but uh, you do have to be careful, particularly when people start. Asking personal information you know no if that, be wary if, folks be wary um i mean i think i mentioned it i might have mentioned it last week you know we have these ones people ring you up and say what about your sky account you know we can get you a better deal and all this it's like really can you because i don't have a sky account so you bugger off <laughs> I, actually i i get quite a lot of i actually haven't done any recently that's probably because i've got a call blocker on my uh, phone but I used to get quite a lot from Virgin Media, which it used to annoy me intensely because they'd ring you up and then they'd ask you for your password. Yeah. <laughs> Say, yeah. I'm not telling you your password. Oh, you could be anybody. Yeah. Get lost. 
And they said, well, we need that to be able to go any further and give you your deals. I said, well, then you might as well ring off because I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have a thing these days on the whole. If people ring me and they're cold calling and if they're genuine cold callers, I'm sorry, people. But on the whole, look, if I want to buy boiler insurance or I don't know, whatever it is you're selling, I will contact somebody to inquire about boiler insurance. Ringing me up and trying to flog me boiler insurance over the phone is not going to work. I (laughs) give them short shrift. And if they don't stop blathering, I simply put the phone down. Um, Well, I can can recommend to anyone who... uh out there who um is bothered by a lot of uh, cold calling and uh, scamming and all that sort of stuff i can recommend the um uh, bt um it's a feature built into some of their phones you have it to is. have you have to have um what's it called where you can identify the number of the person uh, oh yeah in. um uh, in, incoming caller display yes yeah you have to have that enabled so you have to pay for that yeah, I, I literally only get calls from one or two people. Some people will say that I'm a saddo. I haven't got any friends. But <laughs> I literally only get calls from one or two people. And they're all people I know. I don't yeah. get any other calls. They all get filtered out. So I, it's well um, worth thinking about. There is also, um, there is also uh, go online, there is um, a service which uh, is, there's the postal preference. That's right. And they Postal also preference service. And they and also there's an email t- preference service as well, I think. And there's a telephone preference service, I believe, as well, which basically yep. will um, tell you know legitimate companies that you are not to be phoned. Um, yeah. Unless, and and- the, the the good thing they they're really that's one step in the right direction. The only trouble is it won't stop people coming from abroad. Oh no, it won't stop the actual. Scam. Uh, type calls so the, the, my, mine's got actually a call monitor so that they have to go the first time they ring they have to go through um leaving their name and then it rings me yeah. uh, and most of the predictive dialers that they use just uh, can't get through that so yeah. you never hear from them exactly um and it's not terribly expensive as, as you said it's a, a little bit for the um caller id and and the phone itself wasn't dreadfully expensive about 50 quid or something like that yeah, i mean yeah. so it's uh, yeah just uh for those of you out there who get bothered by it certainly worth investing in yeah definitely um i mean talking about scam calls i had one the other day and you know is that mr parnell yes why oh, well i'm from amazon um and it's about the uh, you know the iphone 11 you've ordered for you know x amount of money you know Really, is it? Because nobody here has ordered an iPhone 11. No. Oh well, we just wanted to ring you because it will be charging X amount to your, you know, to your account. And is it really? Yeah, go away. Goodbye. <laughs> because I can assure you, yeah. if the second I place an order on Amazon um, for anything, um, I get an email confirming my order. Oh right, okay. So if it, in, well, no, it, it, I have it's it's an option you can have, I believe. Um, you turn it on. So, uh, right, okay, yeah. So the second I order something, about thirty seconds later, I get an email saying this is confirmation that you have ordered X Y Z. So if somebody orders yep. something or tried to order something on my Amazon account without, oh, my, you get, of course, you get an email. Yeah, I'll get an email yeah. saying 
someone has tried to order an iPhone 11 or whatever for 1100 quid. Well, they wouldn't yes. get very far because I don't have a little. They wouldn't ring you up and tell you. Yeah, exactly. No, they yeah. wouldn't ring me up. No. So, you know, and um, if you order a lot of stuff from Amazon, you might find that slightly annoying. I order enough from Amazon that it, it is, although if you know it's going to happen, it doesn't matter because you order something and then your phone goes ping and you look at it and it says Amazon confirmation. So you don't yeah. you can just dismiss yeah. it. Um, but that is that is quite good. So no one can order anything without me knowing. Um, there you go. So just 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 in case people get confused, because I said I'd had what appeared to be a scam call that was on my mobile. Yes. So I heard that the features I was talking about are on your home phone. <laughs> yes. Yes. Although, of course, um, caller display. Obviously, you know when you get a call on your on your iPhone or whatever, you yes. can see who's calling. And on the whole, if it's if it's some weird and wonderful number. That's um, right. Then be wary. They don't, they, they don't even look like UK numbers. The worst ones are the ones that appear to be mobile numbers. Yes. Where they spoof the number to where they are, can you? 07 yeah. something. So they appear to be a UK mobile number. Um, but then again, you know, you answer it. And if they're one of the big clues I find as well is if you pick the phone up, if people don't say hello immediately, there'll be a yes silence or a click or something. Then they go, oh, yes, because that's the, that's the predictive dialer. Yeah. So there's a they've got a machine that's dialing round. The company uh, Sam Trent used predictive dialers for various things, um, and uh, so the way they work is that the dialer will keep trying numbers. Um, quite a lot of them will run into these devices that I've got, so they can't get through, so they'll give up. Um, but if someone does pick up the phone, it then puts them through to a an agent, and of course, there's a fraction of a second while that happens. That's what the that's what the gap is. Yeah. And that, you know, quite often, if the gap goes on for more than, you know, about a second, I just put the phone down anyway. <laughs> not quick <laughs> uh, enough. Because yes, you know it's not someone you know. It's not, you know. I mean, I, I barely answer my home phone. So occasionally, you might get a phone call from a friend saying, why did you hang up on me? <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, I dropped the receiver. <laughs> just, but, I mean, or something um, like that. Um, I mean, I barely answer my home phone now because my phone displays uh, incoming numbers and almost nobody yeah. I know phones my home number. No, I'm the same. Most of them I've got my mobile number now. I so. mean, even, you know, even my parents, you know, have stopped phoning my home phone. They ring my mobile. Yes. Because they know for a start, I have my mobile in my pocket and can answer it almost immediately. Whereas in my house, I've got to, you know, yes. go, hear the phone and, ringing. Uh, Hear the phone That's ringing, right. go to from it. wherever I am to the living room, find that it's not on its base station because some, somebody's wandered off and thrown it down somewhere. Try and find the damn thing. <laughs> to... and, you see, and yet again, how things have changed. It's from, from the day when if you wanted to make a phone call, you had to walk down the road to the phone box. <laughs> indeed, yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. Oh. With your money. Yes. With your money because you had to pay for it there and then. <laughs> yeah, real money. Actual coins. <laughs> Clinkety clank. Oh, yes. I mean, the kids these days, they wouldn't know a boop, 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 boop <laughs> if, it, if it hit them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the days of going into a news agent and saying, you know, have you got change for the phone? You know, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Here's a five pound note. Can you give me some 10 pences for the thing? You know, I'll buy a Mars bar. Oh, dear. Um, Citroen Cube Car. Do you remember we talked about the Citroen Ami? Yes. The the little one that I was sort of um you could like, at least yeah, in France. Yeah, a little bit like the um, 
Smart car, yeah. Yeah. Little, little one. It's little, and it, it only goes like 35 miles an hour or something like that. And yes. um, it's yeah. got very little range, 50-mile range or something. Carries two people. Um, and it, But it's in France, it's uh, apparently uh, classed as an electric quadricycle, which means... Ah, uh, right, so you don't need a license. You don't have to have a license. Um, you can ride one or drive one from about 14 um, and is... Um, obviously aimed at, uh, as I say, the teenage moped riders. Um, I think I said before when we talked about it, about when I was younger, when you'd go to France, you'd see these teenagers riding around on mopeds with the handlebars closed together so they could get through even tighter gaps. Oh, yes. Tucking their elbows in and shooting between cars in a seriously frightening manner. Um, And often they would take the pedals off the damn thing as well. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to get it as narrow as possible and ride with their feet sort of on the, the little plate that they used to have on top of the... Um, so this energy. one does 46 miles and seats two. Yep. Um, but it's now apparently available in France and it's selling for, I believe it said... Uh, 5,000 5, something. 5,300. Now that, I have to say... Whether it will ever come to the UK or not, I don't know. Whether the UK government would allow such um, loose... You know what it reminds me of? The the picture reminds me of the um, the bubble car. Yes, I, I think we mentioned that before. It, it, it's yeah. vaguely reminiscent of the Isetta. Um, yes, it is. But apparently it looks the same front and back, almost. Oh, right, okay. Which is why they've nicknamed it the Cube Car. Um, right, because it's basically. I think it's. Same. I think it's quite a, a cool idea, really. Yes. Um, I mean, I would have thought, you know, students and whatever, that'd be brilliant for getting about. Yes, and I'll be. I'll be honest. Um, Five thousand three hundred euros, whilst it's not nothing. No. Um, I can assure you that if you go and look at the prices of modern uh, scooters, and by which I mean actual moped type scooters, not um, yes, not uh, you know, not Lime or Bird or whatever electric scooter scooters, yeah, um, yeah. motor scooters of the um, sort of uh, Lambretta mould, I'm pretty sure that a lot of those will set you back more than five thousand three hundred euros. Yeah. Yeah, five thousand three hundred is it's a good price. What's that? Probably about four thousand eight hundred pounds, something like that. Off yeah, the top of my probably. head. Um, well, I mean, when you think of the amount of money these kids are having to spend for their education these days. Um, oh no! Oh, sorry. You know, five thousand five. Is that euros? No, that says five thousand three hundred pounds. Pounds. Yes. Um, pounds. So slightly more in. Um, um, slightly more in euros. If 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 they need to get around. Say, say, for instance, they've got a job to help pay their way through university or whatever. Um, you know, that, that might be a really useful car that does that. I mean, some of them might take on jobs doing like Amazon deliveries and whatever when they're not at college or... Yeah. You, I mean, 46 miles would do you, you know, a, fa- a good distance. Yeah, that, that's really clever. I mean, that, uh, as you were saying okay, earlier... You wouldn't be able to... You wouldn't carry much in it, but... <laughs> But, no, but um, you could probably deliver a pizza in it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a really good idea. Let's just have a quick look here. Um, it says in the article, in the era of coronavirus, when people are turning back to individual transport, 
Citroen is aiming for the growing market of urban personal mobility. So literally getting about in town. Yeah. They're brilliant just... little pieces of a little device. Yes, little it cars. did. Very nice. This, um... Top speed, unfortunately, is 28 miles per hour. So you're yeah. not exactly going to um, <laughs> race down the Champs-Élysées in it. So it, as a comparison, if you wanted to buy a smart EQ for two coupe, um, uh, actually, I'm trying to find the price without it being a coupe. But if you if you went for the coupe version, that's nineteen thousand. <laughs> so uh, so these are significantly cheaper than that. Obviously, very basic. But if it's mobility you're after, indeed. Uh, you know, if you live in a city, I'm pretty sure that that would be um... more than enough mileage. Yes, absolutely. I mean that that would almost get me to Coventry and back when I was working in Coventry. We were talking about that earlier as well. Um, that's uh, that's amazing. Oh, It'll be interesting to... to see if they come to the UK. Just trying to find a, um, an actual a scooter. Scooter if the sort of fifty cc. Well, I can't find a fifty cc one right this minute. But um, for comparison, a Suzuki um, Address apparently it's called, um, which is a hundred and thirteen cc um will set you back two thousand three hundred pounds okay so about half a little bit less than mm. half but, uh, yeah they're saying inevitably the amy is being compared to the citroen 2cv so very basic but to uh, get yeah. you about yeah just, uh, yeah well i i think i i think it's going to be a huge success i'll be honest and uh i uh, certainly in france as i say where it, it's classed as a something that you can drive from 14 years old and you don't have to have a license and uh, all the rest yeah. of it. Um, yes, it says here, the reviewers have all noted the public's favourable response to the playful-looking box on wheels, hmm. which looks the same from both ends. Le Figaro's correspondent said, thumbs up, hand signs, smiling approval from people aged 7 to 77. Yes. The, the Amy stirs a wave of, of enthusiasm. Well, yeah. There we go. And, and why not? You know, I'd... I wish it great success. And um, I would have thought that would work quite well for car sharing too. Yes, two people, you know. Um, yeah, or or, or 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 even in a rent in a in a some kind of rental scheme within cities. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, a bit like these kind of um, bird scooters or all those bicycle things. Yeah. You go and put your yeah. Literally, you pick the up rack. the nearest one and off you go. Yeah. A sort of yeah, um, interesting, a, a, a modern electric uh, quadricycle version of the white bicycle. There we go. You have to be a certain age to understand that. The hippie white bicycle. Are you are you familiar with that, Nick? I'm not. No, but oh, um, well, uh, the, the, no, I, wasn't, I wasn't into the hippie scene. Well, no, I mean it's a bit before <laughs> my time. But um, the white bicycle. Yes. The concept of the white bicycle was that it was a kind of communal bicycle. You rode it to where you were going and then just left it. And then the next person. Who oh, right. OK. There's a sort yeah. of a hippie, you know, white bicycles were available, you know, don't belong to anybody. You just take it and ride it and then leave it wherever oh, that's you cool. go. Oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah. So there we are. Um, well, uh, so that that's um, that's that. And uh, uh I don't think we need to go into this one very much. Apparently, Windows computers were the targets of 83% of all malware attack, attacks in quarter one of 2020. Um, and this is not sneering because this comes from PC Mag, by the way. Um, yeah. 
Oh, not surprised. Not surprising. Really? Um, I, I guess there's they, a lot of PCs out there. Well, yeah, I suspect they probably. Well, I don't know what Apple's, you know, market share is or um, relative. I think it's probably still in the what ten to maybe fifteen percent, something like that. So, yes. Yeah, and remember, people would have bought extra computers over the, or of companies will have bought extra computers. Uh, but that my colleague uh, who I used to work with, one of the things he did at the beginning of the of lockdown was uh, get out extra laptops to people because they needed to work from home. Mm. But there uh, we go. Um, just that's just proof that um, uh, not to crow too much, you know. Um, so sixty four point three. Sixty-four point three one percent of them were Trojans, so those are where their people are being tricked into giving. Uh, well, they their usually where you down you. Well, they're, they're Trojans are usually you download you, something you shouldn't download. You download yes. something, and uh, it either isn't what it claims to be, or it brings something with it that you did not want. But quite often they involve a certain amount of social engineering as well to uh, get yes. them to you. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, and then fifteen percent. Fifteen and a half percent were viruses. Five point seven percent were backdoors. Seven point eight percent were worms. And then there I'm, were some smaller ones, which were uh, cryptoware and ransomware. I'm actually surprised that viruses is still so high. Um, yes, you would have thought in these days where everyone has protection that um, yeah. I mean. <laughs> You have to be careful because lots of people talk about viruses and actually they're no, no such thing. They've not got yeah. a virus. Um, it's become a generic term amongst the... Um... That's right. Sometimes some people people get a message they haven't seen before and they think, oh, it must be a virus. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there we go. I'm, I'm actually surprised that 15% are actually computer viruses. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, you know, viruses were much less prevalent. Well, they are less prevalent these days, but apparently they still make up 15% of malware. Interesting. Yeah, it says 114 million new pieces of malicious programs were developed in 2019. Nice. 14 million. Although, of course, a lot of them are variations of, on the theme. They oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not That's completely new. Bad, but isn't it? It's terrible. bad. It's terrible. Terrible. But there you go. Criminals go where the money is. Uh, easy money. Absolutely. Easy yeah. money. Um, right. Well, I'll tell you what, Nick. Um, I've got some worth of chirps, which are quite quite short. Uh, Pixelmator Pro, uh, excuse me, Pixelmator Pro has reached 10,000 five-star ratings um, and uh, is now on sale for a few weeks. Oh, right. Um, has been reduced to £27 UK, um, uh, whatever the equivalent is, no doubt, in other parts of the world, uh, I believe for... They weren't specific. They said a few weeks, um, and this was probably right. a week or so ago. But um, if you're interested in getting hold of Pixelmator Pro uh, at a discount, now's your chance. Um, Luminar... Our friends at Luminar from Skylum uh, have announced, uh, coming later this year, um, a new product, Luminar AI, uh, which is apparently a like Luminar, but it's for people who don't even want to use something as simple as Luminar itself. And this apparently is all AI-driven and will allow you to do all sorts of wonderful things to your photographs. Um, Without Sounds having, like my kind of thing. Without having to know how to do it. 
Apparently. I'll keep my eye out for that then. So there's a link in there, um, and apparently, if you if you wish to pre-order, you will get um, early access and uh, a discount. Um, and I think they're talking about shipping it late this year. Uh, there you go. That's that one. Um, and Vector Meta, which is the uh, vector drawing app, uh, apparently version X4. Uh, is being released if you're interested in that. It, Vectormate is free, isn't it? I believe is that the fr- that's free. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Just here we go. Uh, let me see what they say on their blog. Vectormate. Uh, well, certainly no buy it. Oh, sorry. Vectornator, um, not Mater. Vectornator with an N. Ah, right. Are they different Please. things? Uh, no, I don't, I'm just... Um, oh, no, no, you can just download them. There's no... Mm. doesn't seem to be any cost involved. Uh, we are thrilled to announce that Vectornator X4 is finally out. Um, right, load of, load of features. Um, yeah, um, if I go get Vectornator... Right, uh, for iPad OS 13 and iOS 13 and later is free... And Vectornator Pro for Mac OS Catalina and later, um, or at least appears to be free, maybe in-app purchases, I don't know. I don't know. Normally, they would have a price um, menu, wouldn't they? Most of these companies do. Uh, free, yes. Free. Uh, the, the Mac one is free, and there is no mention here that I can see of in-app purchases. So apparently, it's free. There we go. Really good. Um, free is always good. Free is nice. Free is nice. And um, I've got a, a, just a snippet because I like this. Um, and it's got nothing to do with tech whatsoever, really. Um, people are loving this man's response to a young lad cycling around his drive every morning um, uh, on the poke. I, I think somebody posted this on Twitter and I liked it. I made a note of it. Um, basically, uh, this, this gentleman uh, on his... Security camera saw uh, a young lad, um, he looks like he's about four or something, um, coming past his house and then cycling around his, um, well, they're calling it a drive. It's more like a uh, an apron, you know, where you, a car parking apron on the, in the front of his house. Yes, it's concrete, concrete um, slabs, yeah. Yes, but, uh, well, it, it, that's a driveway to some extent, I suppose, call it what you will. Um, but anyway, uh, and then he did something about it and, uh, go watch it. It's, it's very, it's, it's good fun. And no, he didn't go oh, out and yeah. shout. He That's didn't go story. out and he did not go out and shout, get off my bloody driveway. No, just to, <laughs> get off my lawn. Yeah. No, spo- yeah. no spoilers, no. but he did That's not nice come story. out. <laughs> he did not come out and tell him to do one. Um, and then obviously there's film of the, uh, of the results. So there you go. It's, uh. Very nice. It's yeah, a feel, check, little check feel good that. story. Good. It's very, it's yeah. quite short. It's not, I don't know, it's only about three minutes long or something, if that. But there we go. So I think that's probably do us, Nick, don't you? I think it probably will. I think it will. So uh, what what should we do? Uh, we'll do the bit here where we say uh, thank you to everybody who supports us, of course. Uh, don't forget we have a Slack room if you want to join us in the Slack um, and follow along with whatever madness goes on in there. Um, you link for that in the show notes, of course. Um, thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon or via the uh, Pinecast Tips Jar. Always appreciated. Um, thank you for people who retweet our stuff or, you know, batter their friends into submission until they give it a listen. 
Um, that's probably that's probably all for now. Um, Glenn Fleischman, who came on the show um, early in lockdown, if you remember, and uh, was giving away his working from home book, which is still available for free, by the way. Uh, he has now um, he re- released a book called Take Control of Zoom, um, which he, he charges for. Got to pay the bill somehow. But uh, he has released a shortened version called Take Control of Zoom Essentials, which is free. If you, uh, you know, if you're uh, yet to step into the world of Zoom or would like a bit more uh, information on using Zoom, go over to the takecontrolbooks.com and uh, grab a copy of Take Control of Zoom Essentials for nothing. What's quite interesting about Zoom is that... um... Apparently, they're working on virtual cameras in Zoom, so I'm not sure how that will affect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and their and their app because that's effectively what their app does. So, um, yeah, interesting. <laughs> but I, I think uh, mm-hmm. is not only for Zoom, is it? It can be used. No, by... it isn't. No, it can be used with other. Yeah, it can other be used with others as well. But yeah, but apparently, can. Zoom are working on their own implementation of that, that's virtual not, cameras. Not really surprising, is it? Um, no, no, because no. I think that's what probably pe- they've probably had quite a lot of people say they want that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they do. Uh, don't forget, uh, Steve at Geeks Corner, uh, as you know, has his own podcast, a sort of five to fifteen minute show of his thoughts on what's going on in tech, um, and often has giveaways. So if you want to uh, keep a check on his uh, Geeks Corner website or uh, Twitter, links are in the show notes. Uh, hi Steve, just give you a shout out there. Um, and Jim Mac Jim, of course, has runs our uh, family friendly Flickr group for anyone who wishes to join that. Um, there's a link in the show notes. Uh, give that a follow, and that will request an invitation. And uh, don't panic if he doesn't get back to you immediately. He is actually now back at work painting um, vintage trains. So you know, not necessarily cool. not yes, that's um. He puts pictures. He puts pictures sometimes of the trains he's painting in the slack room. Of course, um, he does coach lining when you know the real, Very good. the real coach lining with brushes yeah. and things. There we are. Uh, and I think that's probably about it. Uh, Nick, where can people find you? Well, you know, I've said before, you can't. But <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> but, but just they... occasionally. Just occasionally, I do uh, frequent uh, Twitter, so you you could probably, if you send me a message, I'd probably see it. Yes, um, and you can find me. Uh, my uh, username there is Spligosh, S P L I G O S H. Exactly, uh, and, and you can see me on this show <laughs> as often as I can get on, and uh, occasionally over there with Bart. Yes, and uh, yeah, I would. I did a show with Bart um, Saturday Saturday evening. Um, which ended up being quite a long, quite a long show. Uh, there was uh, myself, Bart, and Adam Christensen, and uh, talking about the month in Apple, the August month in Apple, which of course had an awful lot of things going on. So it was quite a long show, but uh, a good listen, I have to say. Um, hear what Adam Christensen I haven't, thinks. I haven't heard Adam for a while. Uh, well, no, he. Um, he said in the in the pre-show, and I'm not giving anything away here, that um, he's moved back to California and taken a day job. So he he does now have a ah, um, right. um, 
a, you know, a regular employment rather than being, I yes. don't know, one of a yeah. freelance journalist or whatever it was he was doing before. He's taken a steady right. job, which means he's not <laughs> quite as not quite as free to um, do podcasting as he, you know, or other people's as he once podcasts was. as he once was. But um, yeah. He did assure me that, uh, you know, if we get in touch and organise a time that, uh, you know, works for him, he would uh, come on the show. So, there we go. Jolly so good. at some point, Adam Christensen will be guesting on this show, hopefully. There we are. Uh, you can find me on the Twitters as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Um, there's an essential Apple uh, Twitter account as well, which basically just on the whole, tells you uh, when shows come out, uh, whereas mine has a lot of other stuff, ranty politics and bad jokes and such like as well. Um, and I think that's probably about it, Nick. Uh, so I think until next time, Nick and I will say goodbye, and uh, you can probably hear us rattling on uh, in the pre-show, which is actually in the after show, if that makes any sense. There you go. I think it does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we put the pre-show in the after show. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. There we are. Uh, so be warned, a lot of what's in the pre-show after show after show pre-show whatever is what we've already talked about but if you want to listen to us rattling on some more feel free um until next time we'll say goodbye bye-bye you've been listening to the essential apple podcast and i'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar, where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, or even, if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcasts, and take a listen. Looking for a show that talks about Apple and Apple products? Then Geekiest Show Ever is for you. What about Amazon? Google. Geekiest Show Ever is for you. Mesh networks, distance learning, all kinds of technology, interviews. Yes, Geekiest Show Ever covers that too. I'm Elisa Paselli. And I'm Melissa Davis. Listen to the geekiest show ever on the MyMac Podcasting Network in your favorite podcast player. Feedback, show ideas, and reviews, always welcome. Hello. Hello. You okay? Yes, thank you. Yes, I had a, suddenly had an impassioned plea from a, a member of the church who was uh, trying to do a reference for somebody, and she had to get it done in the next half an hour. And um, I can understand why people get confused by this. She, she was having problems with the fact that they'd sent her a form to fill in. And then when she tried to save it, it said it was a locked document. 
but of course it did because she opened it straight from the email. Ah, yeah. Um, but it's actually quite a different, difficult concept to um, explain. And then she thought she'd lost it completely. And I said, you probably haven't lost it. It's probably still there. Um, so eventually I ended up um, team viewer to her machine. And sure enough, the, it was still there. Um, she It was saved, but it was probably saved in the um, temporary directory that the um, email client would have created for it. And uh, all I did was save it to her desktop, and then then she could send it. So, uh, but yeah, she was getting a little bit um, a little bit desperate, frantic. <laughs> yes, uh, and it's so difficult. I was trying to explain it to her over the phone, but it's so difficult to talk someone through something when you have got it in front of you. Um, and she'd got a later version of Word than I thought she has, and I was telling, go to the file menu, and she said, I can't see a file menu. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so uh, anyway, it's sorted. All the fun of the fair. I have to admit, yeah. it's surprising how many people do not get the concept of attachments properly. Well, um, no, no. I mean, I say if you if you're not if you if you if you're not a tech oh, of any yeah, sort, it, it can be. Then quite, I can understand why it's confusing. It can be quite <laughs> as far bad. as you're concerned. You've got the you've got the documents open in front of you. What's the problem? Well, it also sometimes depends on you know what mail client you're using or what os you're on because you can get well exactly because she tried to i said well let's try sending it go to and she said what send to i said yes let's try that okay send to oh it's asking me to log into something and i said oh okay it's not set to your default mail client (laughs) great all the the lovely fun deal there we go well we can talk about that if you like we can have a little yeah sure that as a little bit because i mean if you look at the notes um Yes, I was just having a look in uh, Apple News to see if anything jumped at me. No, not really. It's all rumours about rumours about when, you know. Well, was, there was the news about Apple, 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 announce and... Apple lost 8% of their value oh, a couple of it? days ago. Um, yeah, I think. Apple suffered the biggest financial loss for a, for a, any company in a single day last week. Yeah, I mean, well, it, actually, all being, it did was <laughs> that comes from it, it, being had the, having it, the biggest market capitalization ever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and okay. uh, all it did was actually take them back to where they'd started <clears throat> earlier in the week. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, we and Bart did mention that because we they'd went. done a yeah their stock split. Yes, I was just listening to it. Yeah, yeah, that was rather uh, dull. We did at the start when Adam said, uh, "Oh, you know," and. Um, Adam said something about how long are we going to go? And Bart was, well, well, I like to keep it between an hour and an hour and a half. And Adam was like, well, it doesn't matter. i got all the time, you know, all the time that you like, you know. I'm happy to chat away, you know, to, to your heart's content. Anyway, we were talking. And I was looking at the time and I was thinking, way, way past an hour and a half. <laughs> I think, um, I mean, I reckon we... Well, I reckon we must have been on call for nearly two and a half hours. So there was a bit of yeah, that's quite long. It. That's quite long for Bart, yeah. Well, yeah. But, it, I mean, the, the actual shows are just over two hours long. So, I mean, but there was some faffing about at the start and whatnot, as there always is. And, um, yeah. But uh, but there was a lot to talk about in some ways. Well, when you do a whole month's worth of news all together. Yeah, yeah. And, a, and it's a big <laughs> and a big month, yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, yes. And there was a lot of stuff. And even though we did kind of go like, all right, all the Apple TV Plus stuff is just like, is this and this and this and this and this. Anybody got anything to say? No, not really. <coughs> <laughs> no, not really. There was some talk about Ted Lasso, but um, that was about it. But, yeah, 
there you go. That's that's how it goes. Um, so no, because um, I don't really want to get involved in a load of rumours about rumours about when Apple no, might quite, announce yeah, something. Yeah, I quite understand that. What they might want to. And it's like, oh, really? There's quite a nice, um, quite a nice uh, charger here. I don't know whether it's available in the. Have we talked about the Air Omni before? I don't think so. <clears throat> it's a, it's a uh, all-in-one. $159, so I have no idea whether it's available here. It's the Pitaka, P-I-T-A-K-A, Air Omni 6-in-1 multifunction wireless charging station Brief. with minimalist design. And basically, it just looks like a it's a flat pad. Um, it's got a stand that stands up at the back of it, and then it's got a flip-up section for you that folds down for the phone to attach to. Mm-hmm. So you can charge your iPad phone and it's got three other connections as well so you can charge up to six items off it. About the only the only rumor which might I haven't put in the show notes but might be worth mentioning is uh, and I bet I can't find it now. I read a piece today yesterday there's a rumor that the new iPhones are going to have um a load of magnets in the back sort of a circle of magnets in yeah. the center with a tail coming down to the bottom I believe. Um which you know, this is a, a rumored leak. But is this to, is this to get it to automatically align itself on your charging pad or something? Yes, that is the speculation that it is. Uh, right, allegedly, okay. they've had to redesign the NFC uh, hardware to make it into a smaller piece to fit in between the mag. You know, in in the middle of the magnet. Yes. Yeah. Um. In- interesting. The, the um. They do like their magnets. Don't well, they? I mean, yeah, I mean one of the nice things about <laughs> one of the nice things about Apple's stuff is 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 the uh, you know like the the earbuds is the way that they just slot back in. Yeah, exactly. Sucked back into the into their holes, and I mean, it's actually really really nice. Johnny had a big thing for magnets for many years because <clears throat> even in um, even in the old white MacBooks. Um, might even have been before that. They had a clever trick, didn't they? That when you <clears throat> when you closed the lid, uh, not the white MacBooks. It was the it was before that. It was before that. It was the iBooks, where oh, the, yeah, where yeah. the lid still had a catch. But unlike most PCs, it had those horrible hooks at the top of the screen. The the iBook had a metal hook in the lid, which as you lowered the lid, there was a magnet in the in the bottom part of the latch in the body, so that the hook would be flick out as it came down to lock and then mm-hmm. when you if you open when you opened it in those days you actually had to press a button you pressed a button and the thing would pop up and then as you lifted the lead when it got sort of you know half an inch away from the base the the um the, the little metal hook would snap back up into the lid oh right so there was no you know no visible hooks poking out of your nice um yeah clever eyeball. stuff so I mean they've done the end. I mean they put they had the thing where they put um, screens on, didn't they? On the IMAX original one point, stuck on with magnets. Oh, that's right. Yeah, stuck on with magnets. Yeah. Um, yes, I yeah. remember getting mine off. You can do fun my things. My twenty-four with inch. You can yeah. do fun things with magnets. But anyway, yeah, which they're... is surprising, really, isn't it? It's surprising that um, I was watching um, um, Linus Linus, yeah, um, Linus Tech Tips. Yeah. Um, and and he was assembling a computer, and he said, uh, for some reason, everyone here is really nervous about me using this screwdriver, but I don't know why, because he was using a magnetic screwdriver. No, magnetic tip <laughs> to screwdriver. put it together. Yes. <laughs> <coughs> I said, what are you all worried about? <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm just looking through. I can't see a lot of stuff in here either. As you say, it's either rumours or stuff. Yeah, there's not very much. But we can talk about what we've got. I'm sure we'll find yeah. something to wander on about. But Hopefully um, we won't be two hours. <laughs> no, no. We don't have to do a long show. Um, there we go. I just... After last week, I thought, which was two hours. <laughs> um no, it was good though. I enjoyed that. It was good. Yeah, Obviously. it was good. Um, Everyone else seemed to enjoy it as well. People so seemed to enjoy it. What what feedback I've had is yeah, enjoyed that. So I thought we could perhaps go. You know, we'll try a few shows with a bit less sort of structure and just see how it goes. Yeah, people like it. People start writing, going, stop, stop blathering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, they again, stop, saying, stop, stop being old men and talk about something sensible. But um. <laughs> I mean, I kind of fell into the thing of doing it the way we do it with a load of stories and and kind of doing them. Just oh, it helps to have it helps to have some structure to work from. Otherwise, yeah. it'll just. But um, I thought we could be just put stories in and be a bit less kind of worried about whether we cover them all or mention them all or whatever. <clears throat> we just. I tell you, I tell you something we could talk about. Uh, the, whether you know much about it or not, I don't know. Uh, it's something that's really annoying me at the moment is the number of car electric cars that people say, but it's a city car. <laughs> what the heck is a city car? <laughs> what I hear they mean so many it, people disagree. What that means is it doesn't go very fast and it doesn't have a lot of range. That's yeah, but I've heard people. other people. I mean, I today I was watching someone talking about the Kia Soul, the latest right. Kia Soul, 64 kilowatt battery, 230, 40 miles range. He said, really, it's a city car. Yeah, stop calling everything city it's cars. It's not a city car, is it? That's not <laughs> no, a city I don't car. Think so. The Citroen Ami is a, you know, well. Yeah, it's not yeah much that's more right. It's an electric bike. But it's amazing. They, they call almost everything a city car these days, well, uh, it can, seems to me. If it's not a super, if it's not a super sportster or, a, you know, honking great SUV, it's a city car. <laughs> but it gives the wrong impression. I mean, yes. like, uh, yes, on Saturday... Uh, I, I drove to, um, well, we were going to go to Hathersage for a walk with my family because uh, it's near my brother, not far from my brother's in Sheffield. Um, but Hathersage was full. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided we'd go up to Longshore, which is a National Trust property not far away from there, which was also pretty busy, but, but it's outside and um, it wasn't too bad. Quite a lot of people around, but we, you know, you managed to keep your distance from people, um, and that's very nice. But I, uh, the round trip was a hundred and hundred and sixty miles, and I'd got fifteen miles of range left when I got back, and I did most of it at seventy. So I think one hundred and seventy-five miles out of a car at seventy actually is not bad. That's not bad going, <laughs> is it? You no, know. considering it's only a 38, 38 kilowatt hour battery in it, yeah, it's it's actually very efficient. Well, to say that's not bad. I suspect there's quite a lot of, you know, um... there are other cars around the same price that will do over two hundred. Yeah, um, but whether they'll do do over two hundred at seventy is debatable. Because when you when you're doing when you're doing over about 60, you're actually pushing a significant amount of air out of the way at the front yes, of the car. exactly. So, you, you, I mean, even in a petrol car, you're using a lot more fuel doing that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, no, I thought I thought that was – I mean, I, I have got 190-odd uh, out of it uh, if I drive a little bit slower, if I drive about 60-ish. Yeah. Um, I can get about 190 at this time of the year, which is 
pretty good. Yeah. And I rarely drive that distance, so. <laughs> no, I don't think many people do drive that sort of distance on a regular basis. No, it's a, it's amazing actually. When I'm at, when I'm at when I'm at car shows, um, you always manage to run into someone who says, "Oh no, no, no! I drive 390 miles a week, <laughs> <laughs> so I need a car that can do at least sorry a day, yeah. 390 miles a day." Oh, good for you, you know. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, good for you, mate. Are you, you know, I hope they pay you well enough because other than that, you're an idiot. Well, yeah, that's right. Unless you're... All right, some of the, people, unless you're some of the people who used to work... You know. Yeah, some of the people who used to work at um, 7 Trent in Coventry, and they've come from Gloucester and, you know, even further south than that. And I think that's quite a long way to drive every day and back. Yeah. But, you know... I suppose if they were getting paid well enough. Yeah. I, I, th- I used to, I mean, I enjoyed my drive to Coventry because I could listen to podcasts, but it was often an hour. Mm. Uh, it's about 23 miles from yeah. where I live, Coventry. Yeah. Um, so it's often an hour's journey at, at uh, Russia. So where, where exactly do you live, so, me? Uh, I'm Sutton Coldfield, so it's oh, North Sutton Birmingham. Oh, Sutton Coldfield. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. I mean... I mean, I, I know that area reasonably well because my wife, when I met my wife, she lived in Nuneaton, so... Oh, well, that's not far away, yeah. So I'm kind of reasonably familiar with the whole rugby, Coventry, Birmingham. And my sister lives in a little place not far from Atherston, so over over Nuneaton Way. Atherston. <laughs> I know it well, yeah. <laughs> no. Bedworth. Or Bedeth, as they call it. Um, yes, I've never been to Bedworth once. Oh, I can't remember why I went there. Might have been an interview. It's not very oh, much I think there, it was. Particularly, there's a nice swimming pool. Yes, there. <laughs> yes, I went there. Oh, I think it was. A, I think they've, there's a. Oh, it was a one of the big um, milk um, uh, product manufacturers. I can't remember the name of the company now, but one of one of the really big retailers of um, you know cheese and that kind of thing. All right, yeah. Um, and I went for an interview as a. Uh, they needed someone to do some SQL programming and that sort of stuff, which I'd done a little bit of, um, but I didn't get the job. So, I'm glad I didn't. Otherwise, it was that was before I started working for Seven Trent, so it's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. And um, yeah, so I'm kind of. Um... Hinkley and uh, you know out towards Leicester and it from Nuneaton you go out to Hinkley where the Triumph factory is. Yes, yeah. Um, well, it's all not that far from me, really. No, so. so it's all you know, all in that kind of area. There we are. Right. What was it? Or um, just within throwing distance of people throwing stones? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about that. Yeah. What we got? So I don't know what really. I mean, I've got the offshore wind turbines. That sounded. Oh, well, we can talk about wind turbines. Yes, yeah, some what big ones? Yeah, Apple is investing in two of the world's largest on. Oh, sorry, onshore wind turbines in European oh, right, okay. energy drive. That's the Mac That's interesting because onshore is a lot cheaper than offshore. Yeah, um, we have a moderate, not huge numbers. Not not like the um, where is it? Sort of Daventry way, isn't it? Where there's a big, big, well, fairly big cluster of wind turbines. Yes, I think there, there is. Because I, I I know when we you know when we used to go to Nuneaton quite a lot, you would um there's a there's a piece I think I, I seem to remember it's after where the Daventry Radio Array used to be, and then there's a big cluster of. Ah uh, yes, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that Radio Array. Yeah, yeah. yes, and I think you're right. It is it's almost the same place, isn't it? Yeah, around there. Um, and we've got 
not um i wouldn't we haven't got exactly what you call wind turbine farms but because um east anglia is fairly flat we do have a few yes some out near the coast yeah you really but... need to put you really need to put them in the windiest bits don't you really yeah there's one i mean there's... scotland's actually a really good place to put wind turbines I put, um, i think we've got a fair few um out on the east coast around here onshore ones yes. and offshore but um there must be a reasonable number because i remember a couple of years ago we did a um we did a brochure for a company that did um su- sort of support for um like wind turbine servicing engineers around here, you know, so they did things like safety climbing equipment and safety training and that sort of thing. And we had, we had a, it's it's now the, uh, it's now the cheapest uh, form of energy. Yeah. We had a, we had this picture, which has obviously been taken from a helicopter of two blokes, you know, standing on the top of an enormous wind turbine. And, um, because the bloke who ran the (laughs) company, absolutely huge aren't they, they are huge and there was like these like what looked like two little ants on the top of this thing obviously it'd been <laughs> from a helicopter yes. and anyway they were sort of um they were using that as they're going to use that as a front cover picture of their brochure i think or a center spread i can't remember but because the because the guy who ran the company um was kind of chummy with our production manager at the time um we we put a you know we put a brochure together but on the first draft we sent him on the on the center spread i think it was where the where the two blokes were on the top of the thing we put a speech bubble so this bloke saying oh bugger i've dropped me pack lunch which the bloke wrote back and go yeah i love the brochure but yeah and very funny take the speech bubble off <laughs> 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 but then, uh, yeah, but th- that was it was amusing, sort of. Yeah, oh no, I dropped my pack lunch. You think, yeah, that'd be a... <laughs> you know, eight hundred foot in the sky. I dropped me pack lunch yes. <laughs> off the edge. I'll, ju- I'll just go and get it. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah back in a couple hours of hours. <laughs> I was listening to um, Robert Llewellyn talking um, to a guy about. Uh, a new area of science. Uh, uh, it's something to do with, I can't remember what he called them. They're like nodules, undersea nodules. And apparently it's lots and lots of sediment and things is, is collected in the very deep parts of the ocean. Right. And in cer- certain parts of the ocean, because of tidal currents and everything, they, they form like these fields of these nodules. And they're really highly dense in lithium and copper and oh, right. magnesium. It's all like all like outwash, I suppose. Yes, and and they're um, they're talking about um, that that at the moment they're working on some kind of tractor device that would run on the seabed and would collect these modules and then take them back up to the surface because it would be cheaper and safer than mining and and oh, cleaner, yeah. in fact. Yeah. Oh, that's um, nice. Uh, and he reckons there's enough down there for oh he did say a huge yeah, number yeah, yeah vast quantity of time millions yeah. and millions of cars basically yeah. right oh, well, so well, that's interesting science we could talk about that then as well we can when we do the wind turbines and not we can basically talk about that yeah why not why not uh... I'm just looking at looking at the fact that re- apparently Rihanna fell off her electric scooter oh blimey. <laughs> and she ended up with a black eye and a bruised face. Oh, dear. 
My heart bleeds. It's an article. It's an article basically saying, yeah, you know, we as as these scooters become more and more common, that you know, perhaps we ought to be making sure people are staying safe. Basically, yeah. Uh, if you're doing thirty miles an hour and you fall off, you will hurt yourself. It will hurt <laughs> quite a lot. Yeah. Exactly. I'm Actually, quite... just falling over, tripping over your feet hurts because I did yeah. that a few years ago. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. You know, oh, I mean, you see these people, it does. It's the same as motorbikes, right? Or now they don't have mopeds now, do they? They have all these things that like super high tech, tiny wheel, bloody scooters. But when I yes. was a lad, when, you know, people had, <clears throat> there were moped mopeds and there were sort of what they called sports mopeds that looked like motorcycles and they might well have been limited to sort of 30-ish mile an hour. But yeah. you come off one of those, mate, you know about it. You know, As a bike rider of many years, it was like never, ever ride your bike without gloves, good, you know, good jeans, a leather jacket or a Do you know, bike, I can, you know, I can remember or whatever. Um... I can remember uh, it sort of st- you can tell that it it had an effect upon me as a child. I remember as a child we lived on a hill and um it was a reasonably steep hill and uh the kids used to ride up on the up and down on their bikes quite a lot. Uh, and a youngish child got on a scooter once and went bombing down this road. <laughs> Didn't he? Didn't really understand how to. Probably back in those days, it was put your foot on the floor to stop. Yeah, yeah. And um, he hadn't worked that out. And uh, the next time I saw him, he was just covered in blood <laughs> from head to foot, pretty much. It literally slammed into a lamppost halfway down the road. Oh, and I thought, well, that just you know. So that's on some on a fair something fairly harmless that hasn't got a motor. <laughs> yeah. But if you put it on a steep enough hill. Yep. Oh yeah, I think we've all got tales like that. And we had um, back in back in my day. I remember me and a mate of mine. He'd got a soapbox cart, you know, of the of the type made in those days with silver cross pram wheels. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Big pram wheels, not stupid little buggy wheels. Proper, you know, silver cross pram wheels. And um, <clears throat> we went. To, I can't remember where it was. And we went careering down this hill in a lane which was, you know, was relatively safe because there was almost no traffic and it was basically a straight lane, so anybody coming would have seen us hurtling down the hill. And, but it was quite a narrow lane with grass banks on each side going up to sort of hedges. This is fairly common around here. And about halfway down the hill, you know, it got a little <coughs> bit wobbly. <laughs> and we clipped, a, oh, clipped no. a, we clipped a bank with the front wheel you know, as you do, as you start trying to hold it still, and he clipped a bank, and we flipped over and went rolling down the road. And um, yeah, we got off fairly lightly, but to say we had quite a lot of road rash would be an understatement. <laughs> Several ripped jeans and torn jumpers and bloody elbows oh, and knees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those were the days. Here's an interesting story: a drone makes it rain cannabis as hundreds of bags oh, fall in Tel Aviv. Yeah. I saw that somewhere. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> somebody. No, apparently, it's a it's a group who want it legalized. <laughs> or was it? I was going to say it's got to be somebody. You know, if they're making it, drop them. It's not uh, not some sort of drone smuggling. <laughs> I didn't think it was because it said something about 
drones distribute cannabis from the sky or something, the one I saw. Yes, it said uh, the public was ecstatic when gr- bags of green cannabis fell from the sky into Tel Aviv. <laughs> Not as ecstatic as they were after they were after they used it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, oh, dear. Right, okay. Um, there's the privacy ad from Apple. Um, and then there's the fact that um, uh, iOS 14. iPhone 11 was the world's most chipped smartphone in. Shipped, yeah. H1. What's H1? Uh, half. Or should that be quarter one? I don't know. It's probably, uh, yeah, maybe it's quarter. Or maybe it's half. Because these people. Oh, the first half of 2020. Uh, right, yeah, that would make sense, yeah. I mean, I mean, some of these stories, it's like I'm saying, there's not a lot of meat to it. I mean, other than pointing it out, saying, oh, the iPhone 11, I mean, does it break it down? There's a lot of iPhone 11s, or several iPhone 11s, isn't there? Is that yes. iPhone 11, iPhone 11 Pro, 11 Max? You know. Unfortunately, running this machine off a hard drive means things like the browser are incredibly sluggish. <laughs> oh, no, it's the iPhone 11 the, uh, um, alone. The Pro and the Max were a, a, another, a, a smaller subset. Oh, well, that's worth a mention. Yeah, I iPhone mean, 11, th- 37.7 units. I wonder what the units are. 37.7 million, yeah, units. A million big. units, yeah, yeah, million. Items. So, so yes, the iPhone 11 was 37.7. iPhone 11 Pro Max was 7.7. And the iPhone 11 Pro was 6.7. Still, that's about half the market, isn't it? That's quite amazing. Add them together. But what is that? What's the iPhone's actual share? It doesn't actually say in that article, does it? No. See if I find that out before we... Trouble with these things like market share. Depends if they cover, you know, does that mean all the iPhones that are currently, you know, being used or... Yeah, exactly. Sold, sold, percentage of sold this, you know... Yeah, how many different ways are there to uh... count? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, indeed. And then lies, damn lies, and statistics. Indeed. Although thirty-seven point seven million shipped is pretty good for one phone. Yep. Well, at least in that one, they have got a breakdown of what the other they reckon the others ship. I mean, those are all based on. Oh, I don't care. I don't care about your stupid bloody cookie, <laughs> bloody. See, this is what I'm saying. All right, I go there, and it makes you go there, but it says that they're already turned off, but I then have to... Confirm that, that you want confirm them Confirm that off. I want them turned off. Yeah, that is annoying. Especially when you've turned them off on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, go away. Where's the, where's the bloody OK button then? Oh, I'll give up. I'll give up. I'll go back to the previous thing. Right. <laughs> Yesterday I was watching a programme um, with Paul Hollywood in it. Yeah, um, the the chef or cook. the race the racing thing. All right. Did you see? Did you see? No, no. Uh, it was really good. He he's um, really into his Aston Martins, and uh, he owns one. Um, of course, he does. But he absolutely loves Aston Martin, um, and uh, he he actually earned his. He got together with the Aston Martin team and earned his racing license, as it were, through them. So yeah, it's a good program. Oh, I'll tell you something else we could talk about, perhaps um, just, you know, briefly in passing. Uh, yesterday, uh, we did a service from uh, Stockland Green Church, which is one of the churches in our patch, as it were. Yep. And um, it was mostly 
straight uh, mostly from there so it's mostly live there are I think the music was recorded. Yes, the music was recorded. But I think that's all that was recorded. Everything else was done live. Um, and it was all filmed with uh, an iPhone XR and uh, a lavalier mic. All right. And, that's, and, it, and it came out really well. <laughs> I was really surprised. So, uh, and, and then they Skyped called through to me, and I added it into, the, um, into Ecamm Live. <laughs> And, and sent it out to the internet, as it were. So it, it, I was blown away by the quality, really. Oh, Modern well. phones are just incredible, aren't they? Aren't they just? That's, um, right, that's definitely worth a, That's definitely worth talking about. Yeah. People seem to like us just rambling on about stuff we do. <laughs> well, let's face it, everybody talks about the bloody news. After a while, it's like, oh, God, that's what I thought. I don't oh, yes, I've already it. heard this three times. Like, yeah. You know, and sometimes as well, you get, you know, if you listen to certain shows, you think, right, okay, well... You'll hear Guy and Daz talking about it on their show, and then Guy talking with somebody else about it on, you know, Mac to the Future Go, and then... I, I think it's amazing, actually, how little we overlap. We do overlap a little, but, but on the whole, yeah. not too bad. Not too bad. Well, I tried I mean, to... I know, really, you know. I know when we're on Bart's, we quite often say, oh, oh yeah, we talked about that last week. <laughs> well, well, of course we did, because he's, he's covering the whole month, so we are going to yes. talk about it at some point. No. But uh, no, I I, I think um, it just shows that having different people leading the different podcasts, it, you know, you just get a different slant on things. You do, um, you do. And sometimes, sometimes it's good to hear an expert talking about a particular thing. Yeah. Like when Bart has, um, yeah, um, uh, Linda. Linda, Linda on. Yeah. Yes. She's a financial. It's just good to get good to have an you know a different perspective. And that, and that's you know that's the point really, I mean having said that I as you know I listen to various podcasts not all about Apple, so I've got uh, the the electric car ones that I listen to, um, I occasionally listen to one about choirs and about choir leading which is quite interesting. Um, um, I must admit most of my, most of mine are tech and I've got a bit more choosy now about what I, which ones I listen to not which yeah, I shows, tend to find but yeah I tend to find the ones that. I listen to least are the ones that get pushed to the bottom of the pile quite often. Mm. And I just don't end up having time listening. And eventually I stop downloading them. <laughs> it's not, it's not so much the um, particular shows, but I will. No, it's just the I amount of time you've got. I will also now, but now more often I will look at what they say in their notes. They're going to talk about. And I think, oh, right. oh, you know, I'm not really interested in that. Oh, that's quite organized. Well, it just, when you realize that you've got, well, I've got loads of time, so I could listen probably. In theory, you would think I would listen to loads more, but you don't, do you? Because no, of course not. You've got, uh, you've got a life to do other things. <laughs> I've, got other, I've got other things to do, like lounge around doing nothing, you know. Um, That's important. Watching the, watching the telly, you know. I've no, been it is important. I, I, it, it makes me laugh, actually, when you hear people. It's a little bit like at the beginning of lockdown where people were saying, I'm getting so much stuff done, and I'm oh. sitting in my armchair thinking, I'm not. I'm not. So <laughs> do you. I'm watching more <laughs> Each to their own, eh? I watched that um, new Netflix series, um, Away, about the Mars mission. Oh, I saw that pop-up, yeah. Yeah. Um, What's it like? Meh is what it's like. Oh, right, that's a shame. It's, I thought it looked interesting. It looked interesting. It's supposedly, you know, relatively hard SF in, you know, supposed to be fairly realistic. Yeah. Um, 
the start episode is incredibly kind of predictable. And you might see, well, you don't do Twitter very much, do you? But Jeff said, oh, Jeff Gamut kind of posted on Twitter. I watched the first one and, you know, I don't think I'll bother. And I was on about uh-huh. episode six. So I said to him, well, it is a bit of a slow starter and the first one's probably weak, but it might be worth a bit more go. I'm on like episode five or six. So he said, all right, I might, I might give it a go. Anyway, then I watched episodes, I don't know, six and seven, I think. And I said to him, no, actually, don't bother. <laughs> it's well, I started turned a while into ago, a sort I... of family drama type thing, you know. It's all about, right. you know, her husband at home who's in, a, you know, been had a stroke, and his her daughter who might have the same genetic disease, and you know, she's got her first boyfriend, and oh, it's all like, really oh, right, and this woman's millions of miles away in space, somewhere. yeah, and might be, you know, and it's all starting to go a bit wrong, and. It's a little bit like a soap opera, but out in space. Yeah. Not quite. I mean, it, 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 I guess they had to put something in it because they couldn't. They didn't want to have the crisis of the, you know, crisis of the hour, as it were. But of yes. course, various things on the spaceship break and go wrong. And, um, and then, oh it, yes, I saw an extract. I think I saw an extract from it where something escapes and it explodes. Um, it's all, you know, it, in um, a ball of fire. It. It was kind of the first episode was weak. Then it was reasonably okay. Then like episodes five and six, I think were like meh. Really, you know, the woman started having you know doubting herself and the crew falling out, and oh, it was all a bit. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then it sort of picked. And I anyway, I soldiered on to the very end, and it picked up a bit towards the end, but. There were bits in it which were really hokey for something that's supposed to be hard edged. They had this thing where they, you know, the water recycling plant is broken, so they're trying to come up with ways to sort it out in a sort of Apollo thirteen esque manner. And they've got this oh, thing right, that, yeah. that the ship has got uh, a double skinned hull with like filled with water, not a lot, you know, only like an inch of water, but over the whole spaceship theoretically, which is supposed to mm-hmm. shield them from radiation. So they have this thing that they're going to drill into the they're going to drill into the wall and try and get some water out, and then um, this bloke is going on about well, it's highly risky because if the if, right if you drill the if the drill goes all the way through, then the air will escape, right? So they have this thing when they're drilling and the bloke's drilling on the inside wall, and it's like going like it's obviously meant to be like super hard and he's drilling and then of course the drill suddenly goes through and goes obviously meant to go through the inch of water and poke through the outer shell of the spaceship and then they're all panicked and get away and shut the hatch and all this and i thought that strikes me as absolutely arse backwards if you're going to have a surely you would want a hard piece of shell on the outside of the ship and then this water, and then a, you could have a much lighter <laughs> inner skin because that's yes, that pressurised. That's pressurised by the air, okay? And then they had this thing about oh, the water letting the air escape. And I thought, well, hang on, if that if that skin is full of water, and they're going on about how that temperature outside in the vacuum of <clears> space <throat> is nearly absolute zero, it's like minus two seventy degrees Celsius. I thought, if you poked a hole through that, right, and it was exposed to the vacuum of space at minus 270 degrees C, it would freeze. that little tiny hole, it was only a drill hole, you know, like a four mil drill or something, surely that, that water would freeze immediately and plug that hole. 
<laughs> yes, you would think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, and then they came mm. up with some hokey thing about they went out to go outside and open something and the water was coming out but as ice crystals and they charged they'd done something with static charged negatively charged their spacesuits so that the crystals were drawn towards them. Oh and it was like them and then they were filling up plastic bags with these crystals. It was the most hokey load of old cobblers. <laughs> and I thought, really? Really? No, and then the end, like they landed on Mars and that was it, just they're finished with them, landing, yeah, we're, we're down on Mars, we're safe. It's like, oh, really? That was all a bit meh. Not, I wouldn't waste your time with it, put it that way. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm put off. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed the show and we look forward to you joining us again another time. Until then, goodbye.